0: All right. Hi, folks. Uh, my name is Steve Lyons. I'm a sports editor here at the Free Press. Uh, this is Jet Setra, episode 12. I'm here with our sports columnist, Mike McIntyre, as usual. We're not actually together in the same room as we usually are with Mike sitting in the fancy red chair. I am currently sitting in my office at the Free Press building on a really nice couch. It's quite comfortable, Mike. I kind of like this better. Ha, ha, yeah. ha
1: where are you? I'm actually sitting in my car, in my driveway at home, uh, Steve. Uh, social distancing, in this case, from my two dogs, uh, because they tend to bark at anything and everything. And uh, although they might actually add some entertainment value to the podcast, I decided uh, it would be best to uh, to drown them out. I've already had a couple funny adventures this week with my dog's Interrupting interviews that I've been doing Most recently about 20 Minutes ago when I was up On a conference call with Alexis Lafreniere uh, The teenager expected to be The number one overall draft pick Whenever the draft is held this summer I thought I had put mute feature on, I had not So Alexis Lafreniere And about 15 journalists from Across North America got to hear My dogs in a prolonged barking spree Wow, nice <laughs> Well, for those uh, folks who are listening, I don't
0: think we need to tell them that we are currently in a global pandemic,
1: right? I think everybody probably knows this now, I hope, right? I sure hope they do, yeah. Uh, so, so, uh, boy, did the, did the world ever change from, we, we, we did this two weeks ago, it was our last podcast, Steve, uh, episode 11, right. and my, my goodness, uh, things have changed a little bit in those 14 days. Yeah,
0: you were leaving to go on a road trip with the Jets,
1: right, to Edmonton and Edmonton, Calgary. Uh, they, played, they played that
0: they, the Jets played that game, as everyone knows, in Edmonton, and they won. And uh, there has not been a game since, right?
1: Tell us a little bit about your adventure of getting back home. Yeah, that was a that was a surreal night two weeks ago from today uh, at Rogers Place in Edmonton, because for those. Um, maybe aren't aware of the timeline here. That was the very same evening when the NBA player uh, ended up uh, testing positive, which brought the NBA to a screeching halt. In, in fact, they, they didn't even start a game in, I believe it was Oklahoma City, uh, between Oklahoma and Utah. They had the arena there. They were about to start the game. They sent everyone home. That was effectively the end of the NBA and the NHL, a few hours later, would follow suit. So it was a bit surreal uh, covering that game, Steve, in the press box in Edmonton, knowing what was kind of unfolding around the world. And there are other things happening. That's when President Trump had just announced travel ban to Europe. Uh, that's the night Tom Hanks and his wife were diagnosed as well. So I think stuff was happening. The hockey almost seemed secondary. You had a sense that this was not... This was all about to change, and sure yeah, enough, it did. But next morning, the NHL decided to also
0: suspend and or postpone, whatever you, uh, way you want to call it, its season. Yeah. And we haven't had hockey since, and you made it home safely, thankfully. I did
1: by uh, Friday night, uh, so it took a couple of days, had to juggle. Uh, it was hard to get anybody on an airline, and I'm sure anybody listening who had any travel plans over the last couple of weeks, or even in the near future can relate. Uh, airlines are swamped, or at least they were. So it was tough to get flight changes, flight arrangements. Um, kudos to everybody for, no doubt, the patience that they had to show. But I did make But Oh, I must say, Steve, I've been watching with great interest. Uh, I was on WestJet, and every day WestJet keeps adding flights to sort of their list. of If you were on these flights, uh, just be advised that there were people who have now... Uh, so, so far, so good. Uh, I yeah, I was, never... I was I was I was supposed
0: to go to Jamaica that next right. morning uh, and uh, participate in the the Kingston uh, marathon. I wasn't running the marathon; I was running a five k. And there was a press junket that was involved in that. And you know, I, I the trip was canceled at the last minute. And you know, I'm really kind of grateful now that it was. <laughs> um, I was disappointed that day, but. Um, certainly I've been grateful to just be at home through all this, for sure, yeah. A lot of people having trouble getting home, of course, and and then when they get home, they have to um, self-isolate. I'm really, really glad I got home, and I'm glad you
1: got home safely, too, Mike. Yeah, we're seeing, of course, what's happening um, globally, uh, including our own backyard. I think Manitoba, so far, hasn't seen a huge number of cases, although, Steve, that changed earlier today. We went from 21 To 35 in the blink of an eye and uh, I think maybe that's going to hit home for some people uh, as we see a big jump like that we've we've seen that elsewhere including Saskatchewan, Alberta, BC Ontario, Quebec, they've been hit hard and then you look at what's going on places like Italy, Spain um, and even in the US I mean my goodness, New York is, uh, is absolutely under siege right now with cases so it's a real scary situation for sure and in a lot of ways sports You know, I wrote this in a piece the other day. Sports has never seemed more insignificant, I guess, in the grand scheme. However, and I'm sure you've heard this too as sports editor, I've heard this on some pieces I've written over the last week, that people still are looking for a distraction, um, a break, I guess. And so even though there's not a whole lot of sports news happening, um, we're trying to to come up with sports content because I think people appreciate it. You're
0: right. There, there's been no games for us to uh, to cover, and that's really the distraction that people probably would appreciate if they could just take their minds off of things for a few hours and watch a hockey game or a baseball game or something like that. But, I mean, there has been a fair amount of news. You know, Tom Brady is left in the yeah. Olympic bits to go to Tampa Bay, and the Olympics were canceled this week. Um, there, there there, still continues to be news about what the NHL might do, what the NBA might do. A couple of guys tested positive for the coronavirus in the NHL and a number of NBA players have tested. So not all of it is good news. What we're trying to do yeah. also, uh, you know, write some stories that are not coronavirus related um, and uh, tell people what the Bombers might be up to, what the Gold are up to, what Valor's up to. I mean, it still goes on here. We're still, uh, you know, writing stories on a day to day, and we're doing this today to, to chat and hopefully, sure, can um, can enjoy uh, uh, us for uh, forty-five minutes here,
1: <laughs> ranch, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, for any journalist in the sports business. So we all have projects or things that maybe we we'd like to chip away at. that. A lot of times you don't get the time in the, in the course of a busy season or seasons that you're covering. So uh, one example, I did a piece that ran last Saturday in the free press on basically what every pro hockey player from Manitoba uh, did this past season in North America, either in the NHL, the AHL, the ECHL. There was, to be quite honest, there was more than them than I thought. Ended up being 67 guys would have been 68 if uh, Nolan Patrick had played. He's been hurt all year. Uh, But that was a neat project just to kind of get caught up. I learned as much as as anybody, I think, just kind of seeing some of these guys, a lot of guys that I'd either forgotten about or, you know, hadn't even heard of in some cases. So um, I I think there's uh, for sure things like that that we can do. And obviously our, our colleagues in the news department, which include some of our sports colleagues who are kind of on loan right now are doing a, a great job keeping uh, folks up to date with the daily events in the real world.
0: Okay, folks, we're back for the second period of our Jet Centra podcast. Uh, I'm Steve Lyons, a sports editor here at the Free Press, and I'm uh, chatting with Mike McIntyre, who's sitting in his driveway in his car. I'm lounging here. Hang on a second, here, Mike. I just want to put my feet up on this chair. <laughs> <laughs> nice I wish you could see that yeah that's good um okay so Mike as we mentioned uh, early uh, in the first period uh, the NHL is shut down um postponed suspended um what's the latest uh any word on on anything that uh, or is it kind of they're just kind of in a hold
1: like everybody else I mean we really don't know what yeah I mean there's so many days, yeah. They're certainly at the mercy of, uh, of the medical experts, but it's telling, Steve, that yesterday, apparently, the league began canvassing general managers, uh, or I guess owners, uh, for dates into August, home date, that is. So that just gives you a sense of, of how far into the future they're potentially looking at, at things of, of, you know, of extending clay. Normally, of course, the season is wrapped up by mid-June, uh, that's when the Stanley Cup is traditionally awarded. That's not going to be the case this year, not even close. If the Cup gets awarded at all, um, it's likely going to be now into late summer. I mean, they're they're talking potentially into September, and all kinds of wild scenarios. You know, one scenario floating around that's that's apparently popular among some players is to uh, resume the regular season in July, if possible. Uh, have the two-month normal playoff in August and September, have October be the the off-season, if you will, Uh, a a consolidated off-season, which would include things like the draft, free agency, and then start the next season in November, one month late, but then cram it all in and have a full next season. I mean, I don't know what kind of toll that might take on, on players who, let's say, you know go deep into the playoffs that's a lot of hockey in a in a in a short period of time but i mean at the end of the day and you know this steve uh, money money kind of drives the bus right and these owners want yeah, to find guess, a way yeah
0: I'm, I'm not exactly sure why they need to do that i mean my personal feeling is that this season is not going to continue i think I mean, with the situation, especially in New York, uh, the situation in California, um, you know, Chicago, more New York and and California specifically, I I, I don't know that that's going to be resolved anytime soon as it relates to the coronavirus, and and so I I just can't imagine that this season is going to start anytime soon, and then even if we're talking about like, why, why not just... I don't know. Just scrap the season and start again fresh. Um, I don't know why they would need to do it, but I guess they they would have to refund some money. Obviously, yeah. Um, well, the, is that the, why? If
1: if we're gonna, I mean, they would have to refund. Certainly, yeah, no. although most teams only had a few home dates left. You look at here in yeah. Winnipeg, the Jets only had four home dates left, and they weren't the a lock to make the playoffs. So. Their, their lost revenue may ultimately be four missed gates. Um, so, in the grand scheme of things, that's not as bad as a team that maybe had eight home games left and then was going to go four rounds deep in the playoffs and play three or four home games every series. Um, so, I would say that not everybody is going to be able to afford to go to these
0: games. I mean,
1: well, that's a huge issue for sure.
0: You know what I, I mean? mean? Like, sure, whether they think they're going to be able to sell all these tickets i mean there's a lot of people that are going to just be worried about putting food on their on their table over the next who knows how long and um for them to try to cram all of this in so that they can then recoup some money i I would think that's the reason for doing it if they want to do it because they want to complete the season and award a stanley cup as some sort of i don't know for people to watch on television through all this and something to distract them and to be altruistic about it maybe but if they're doing it profit motive ah yuck that just doesn't ring real well
1: right now yeah and we've seen other organizations make tough decisions where their bottom line is clearly going to be impacted you can't tell me that postponing the olympics for a year isn't going to have you know catastrophic financial um ramifications, but they went and did the right thing and did that, so I, I, I can't imagine the NHL is above the International Olympic Committee or even the NBA. I mean, it seems to me the NBA would stand to lose a heck of a lot more if they don't finish their season than the NHL, right? I, I guess.
0: Well, on par anyways, for sure. It's a similar situation. They're both losing games and certainly losing all the playoff revenue, but I mean... They have a lot of money to begin with. I'm not sure. I don't. I'm not sure they're going to get a lot of sympathetic uh, uh, feelings over this, right? And I mean, like, if you were to start over again, like, and start the next season, and you're going to have a hard enough time selling tickets as it is, and this is going to have such a huge economic impact. Sure, in America, this this crisis, and so uh, I think that they should just pause and see how things play out. Well, here's, and, the, here's, and the other thing is that I think they need, need to make a decision soon on this so that the players can decide what they're going to do as you wrote in a column today and a, or not a column, a story today and I really appreciated that story today Mike about and and thank you again you know again we're, we're promoting Richard Burr. Yes, nice,
1: he was excellent.
0: The podcast, Jet Center podcast brought to you by the Richard Burr business sector. <laughs> 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 um, Rich was, Rich messaged me this morning to thank the thank me for getting him into the paper again, although we didn't do that. Although Rich had some really good things to say about what I'm going to face
1: coming back from a break like this. Yeah, and you know, I agree, Rich said the same thing, and I talked to a, a, a Manitoba pro player named Matt Bailey, who just got back from Germany, his season is over, um, and, and he has a lot of, he actually played in the AHL, he has a lot of friends in the AHL, the NHL, he said this state of limbo that they're in right now is not healthy, it's not healthy physically, it's not healthy mentally, and both him and Rich, who has a lot of NHL clients, said the same thing, that players would actually, even if the decision is that the season's done, they'd prefer to know that now or soon than having to wait a month or two and still act as if they might be coming back. Because these guys are creatures of habit, right? And they're creatures of habit when it comes to um, what they do physically to to get themselves in shape, to keep themselves in shape. And this not knowing in some ways has got to almost be worse than the alternative of, of... not coming back at all till say, September. Uh, so I would think that, that there's got to be mounting pressure from players to get a decision here. And, and if if they can't see an end date to all this, then just cancel it. I'll say this just quickly going back to the money issue, Steve. From a player perspective, however, they stand to lose significantly if the season ends. And for this reason alone, the salary cap was projected to jump as high as $88 million next season it's 81 and a half right now that's a lot of room for teams to sign guys who are ufas or rfas and need new contracts uh if they don't finish the season if all that revenue that was projected to come in and a big part of that's through playoffs if that money doesn't come in forget about this the salary cap going up it's going to go down and i don't know what that means for teams and the situations they may be in if you're a player who doesn't have a a ironclad contract, you may be in some real trouble uh, because nobody's going to be able to afford you. And are we going to see more compliance buyouts or things like that? It creates a whole new world for sure. Uh, that I don't know. Anybody knows exactly uh, how we're going to navigate that.
0: All right. We're back for the third period of our jet Center podcast folks. Um, Mike, uh, this week, the, uh, uh, the IOC finally uh, made a decision to postpone the Olympics in Tokyo. Uh, those are the summer Olympics. It uh, it happened a day after uh, Canada had announced uh, late Sunday evening that um, they would not send their athletes um, to the Games, even if they were going on. Um, you know, I was super proud as a Canadian uh that the canadian olympic association uh, were leaders in in, in in kind of steering the olympic community i think there's probably a lot of members of the community that were feeling the same way and so uh hats off to the coa for for kind of getting it going and then the following day uh, you know they made a decision to
1: to was it the following day or was it tuesday uh, so, yeah, it was Canada on Monday, then Dick Pound, who's the I- long-time IOC member, who is a Canadian, of course, well-respected, he he then said on Monday that it was about to be postponed. They right, didn't make the right. formal announcement till Tuesday, but the writing was on the wall. Once Canada, uh, you know, showed a backbone that, unfortunately, a lot of other countries maybe weren't showing, uh, well, yeah. other countries... Uh, the others joined in Australia, and, and it became really clear that they they couldn't have an Olympics at that point.
0: Oh, it just it it, it was just like tone deaf, you know. It's uh, that it, it's like it was like the Dana White um, going ahead with his <laughs> UFC fights um,
1: while there's a global pandemic. Yeah, and and uh, sorry for the beep on the car there. If you heard that, oh. <laughs> um, the uh, just was turning the heat on because I'm getting a little cold sitting out here in the car doing the podcast probably should <laughs> probably shouldn't be wearing shorts which i am believe it or not um do you so, have Mike, have you been wearing pants during all i time? have yes i mean i haven't oh. been dressing up like i do uh i haven't been putting on a, a shirt and tie and and a jacket like i do to go to a jets game but uh i've been trying to make a bit of an effort Right. <laughs> uh, Yeah, we can also maybe talk about this maybe in overtime, but I've been going on a daily hour-long walk, which has actually been doing wonders. But yeah, as for the Olympics, um, it it came, all of this happened, Steve, on the day, on Sunday, when the IOC said, we're just going to punt a decision four weeks down the road, which was cowardly, right? I mean, everybody knew what was likely going to happen, but to defer a decision for another month uh, and, and talk about athletes in limbo, you're leaving thousands of athletes now in limbo. Uh, so good on Canada uh, for taking the position that they did and, and, and really pushing the agenda here. Yeah. Um, locally, uh, as far as
0: cancellations go, um, we, are, we are starting to get some spring-like weather here. And, and so the three things that would be on the agenda, on the schedule, would be the Valor training. Valor FC had opened their training camp, and they then postponed it. Uh, the Goldeyes would be scheduled to have their training start at the beginning of May. The Bombers would be scheduled to have their training camp sometime around there as well. Uh, the preseason was supposed to start um, May 24th. Um, all of that, they haven't canceled any of this. Like, the Bombers haven't said that it's canceled. The Goldeyes have not said it's canceled. Everybody's still kind of in limbo. Um, hard to say what's going to happen with those teams. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so hard to predict. I mean, I guess it would be great if there was something that people could get out and watch. But, geez, I just can't
1: imagine people gathering in, a, in big crowds like that uh, anytime soon. Well, and, and you know, the Jets weren't a certainty to make the playoffs. The Manitoba Moose were definitely not going to make the playoffs. The Winnipeg Ice, though, Steve, we were going to see playoff hockey in Winnipeg right. this spring. Right. Because the ice, in their first year, they were going to make the playoffs. Well, that's that has been cancelled as of yeah. Monday. The yeah. Canadian Hockey League announced, uh, I, I believe for the first time ever, there will not be a Memorial Cup awarded. Right. Uh, not even the NHL can lay claim to that. They, of course, didn't award a Stanley Cup as recently as, what was it, the 0 4 05 season due to the lockout. So, um, yeah, it's unfortunate, especially for... For athletes who let's say you're a hockey player and you're playing your last season of junior and you're not getting drafted and you're not going to get signed as a free agent by an an NHL or an AHL team like what a tough way to just kind of have it all come to an end uh in talking to Alexi Lafreniere today uh he of course doesn't have to worry about that he's going to be playing in the NHL next year he's going to be the number one pick and he'll jump right into the league absolutely but some of his teammates on Ramuski, he, he talked a bit about what that was like. To know that those guys are done, uh, that's a tough pill to swallow. And for sure, as for the spring sports, I mean, everybody's just in this strange holding pattern. You know, you talk about a team like Valor. they got a number of international players, right, that that I'm sure that that will pose challenges of its own. Uh, even the Gold Eyes, they tend to have players, you know... Most of them are North American, but they do have some players from outside of North America. Uh, And so, uh, you know, some of those countries, and we don't even know what travel restrictions might be in place in in a few weeks or a couple months from now. So, yeah, everybody's kind of in the same wait-and-see boat. Um, And you're right. I mean, the the impact this is going to have on the economy. I mean, if you're a small business owner, I heard from one guy the other day. He's a jet season ticket holder, owns a small business this business has been forced to close. And he sort of said the same thing. Like I, I love the jets. I do everything I can to support them. I don't know how I'll be able to after this, how many others are going to be in the same boat as me. Um, and that's, that's a question. There's not going to be government bailouts coming. I don't think for sports teams, there certainly shouldn't be. Uh, so, so who knows what the future holds for them? Another, another story we did this week as it relates to
0: spring sports, uh, taylor allen did a story some of the local golf courses are suggesting that they will open and they will implement some social distancing rules in the game that would allow people to go out and play golf um these the golf canada uh ceo of golf canada has kind of advised people against doing this but um private golf courses and local golf courses are not compelled to follow what he says and um initially i thought you know that's kind of crazy that that uh, that they would open but then i used to play a lot of golf mike and then i started thinking about the fact that like could could this be okay for people to go out and play golf uh, right even it limited to twosomes um listen i didn't spend a lot of time walking with people when i when I played golf, my ball was always on the left and the other guys was always on the right type of thing. You know what I mean? Um, so, I mean, I don't know. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I was going to say that when I golf, I usually social distance myself by being in the exactly. woods, or in, the woods <laughs> in the sand, in the water, uh, always being away, having the longest pot. So I'm usually a good 30 feet away from my playing partners. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I think it, you, you'd probably have to close the clubhouse, right? Like you wouldn't want people congregating after their rounds but if we're preaching, you know, still getting exercise, um, still getting outside where we can, a golf course to me, where yeah, you limit, you know, maybe you you can't have more than one person on a cart. Um, well, you so wouldn't be able to cart. I, w- I would just say yeah, no carts, period, unless. You yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm curious what, where that goes as well I can tell you Alberta and DC which already have golf-like weather right now, as of today, their golf courses are still open, although there is I think some pressure on them uh, to to reverse that and we'll see if that changes in the coming days but you're right, I mean, I, as I sit here outside, I'm looking around i still got a little bit of snow in my yard but it's melting fast I gotta think, Steve, I mean, if you look at the forecast for the next week or so, we're probably on track to have courses open by mid-April this year, if they were allowed. Yeah, usually, and, usually mid-April, third week of April, Mike, is when the
0: golf season, just after the Masters, everything, we won't have a Masters this season, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we didn't have a whole lot of snow this winter, so uh, potentially the golf courses will be open uh, if we ever get some double-digit weather,
1: and that would be nice to see. So. I mean, um, Put it this way, if if a golf course was open today, I would love nothing more than to be playing on it just, just to go do something, right, that isn't sitting in your house. And i got to think there will be a lot of people who feel that way, in a sense. I'm not saying it'll be a boom period for golf, but you do wonder if if some people might come back to the sport that have drifted away because it might be the only show in town. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. Thanks. <laughs> Folks,
0: we're back for the overtime session of our uh, Jet Central podcast. I'm Steve Lyons, editor of the Free Press. Here with uh, Mike, chatting with uh, Mike McIntyre. He's in his car in the driveway somewhere, and I'm comfortably with my feet
1: up in my office. Yeah, I honk the, the horn for you. I don't know if you can hear that. Oh, the happy honker, <laughs> of course. The happy on. honker. Yeah, let's... There we go.
0: Nice. All right. So, Mike. Um, uh, tell me, uh, you know, this uh, this time has been difficult for everybody. And um, uh, tell me some of a couple of things that you're doing personally, on a personal level, to kind of stay um, sane yeah. uh, while still practicing this social distancing and
1: and uh, being responsible to our uh, our, our, our community. Well, I believe I've told you this before on the podcast, Steve, but it's good that I actually like dogs more than people generally. So um uh, getting to spend more time with the dogs has been good of course i've got my wife and two children here as well my daughter's in high school so she's she's now uh at least three weeks probably going to be longer uh doing schooling from home my son uh he's in his first year post um high school doing a, a trade so that's been impacted he's working actually at a grocery store so he's one of those people that is getting a lot of hours right now and Um, you know we got to be careful of course because he's getting exposed to the public by working at the grocery store Um, my wife actually works at at a senior's residence so again like they're in they're under very strict lockdown protocols so we aren't going out anywhere for example today is my mom's birthday happy birthday mom i won't be seeing her today um you know unfortunately because we're adhering to the don't don't get together kind of protocol uh, so when I do go outside, it's been daily. I'm doing a one-hour walk. Um, I, I, I've gone to the gym religiously the last 20 plus years, and three or four times a week was always good for the good for the head. Uh, can't go to the gym now, of course, but a one-hour walk every day, and with these nice temperatures, uh, has done wonders. Steve, and I know you're you're still keeping fit as well. Again, shout out to Richard Burr. You're not able to go see him in person right now, but uh, you're doing a lot of stuff from home too, right?
0: Uh, yeah, one of the young fellows there, Cody, who works with Rich, um, gave me some uh, some workouts to do at home. Um, I got ahead of things a little bit. I knew It looked like, it looked like the gyms were going to close, and so uh, about a week prior to the gyms closing, I went out and bought a few things, um, an exercise ball, a uh, kettlebell, a couple of dumbbells. And you can do a lot of working out at home, um, and uh, we've done some stories in the free press about that. There's some great apps uh, that you can get that uh, you can do home workouts with no uh, equipment at all. That uh, can, so I've been doing that still. Actually, I've been I've been actually working out at home more than I go to the gym <laughs> just for something to do. Right? Yeah, so,
1: yeah. Like that, and um, I've also and, been giving my remote a workout. Like I suspect a lot of people at home have been. Even quick yeah. recommendation fitting with the theme. Uh, my wife and I last week we watched all three parts of the Aaron Hernandez documentary. I don't know if you've seen that. Aaron Hernandez—he was yeah—he was the star tight end for the New England Patriots. Uh, he had just signed a forty million dollar contract weeks after he committed a double murder that nobody knew about. He then committed a third murder uh, after that before he got caught for the first two. And the the documentary on Netflix, fascinating glimpse into his mind. Um, a lot of it's based on uh, recorded phone calls in prison with his agent, his mom, his fiance. And uh, sorry, did you say you have seen it? Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's chilling, isn't it? Uh, yeah,
0: it's it's, it's interesting. Um, it's, uh, it's it's really well done. Um, a lot of uh, it, and it's good insight if you uh, into uh, the mind of somebody who. Uh, was uh, competing for a Super Bowl at the same time that he was uh, hiding from the fact that he killed some people. So, yeah, yeah
1: it's just fascinating stuff. Um, well, I'm, and a, yeah, re- so, I'm sure we'll have more recommendations <laughs> next time because our, our plate will fill up even more so in the next couple of weeks, no doubt.
0: Yeah, honestly, yeah, I'm trying to limit my Netflix uh, TV watching a little bit. Um, I'm still out at the office every day and then I'm still trying to run a few errands for people each day that might not be able to, uh, uh, you know, that's a suggestion that somebody taught me a long time ago is um, um, instead of uh, uh, thinking about myself all the time, to maybe try to be helpful to a couple other people during the day. And uh, that's really been helpful to me uh, uh, over the last uh, week is to try to be of use. Good and stuff. Not just sit in my basement and worry about the <laughs> world kind of. In the movie Contagion, though, <laughs> uh, it's, a it's a really terrible movie, and, and I like the director Steven Soderbergh, but there's so many holes in that story. But secondly, it <laughs> did just gives me a little unnerved. <laughs> yeah, we're kind of we're, we're living a bit of a real life contagion right now. So yeah, let's just hope there's not people storming down our doors with guns to steal my food. Is what I was thinking. So indeed. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so uh, you, you folks all stay safe. Mike, you stay safe.
1: Wash your hands, stay inside.
0: Uh, yeah, and, uh, and we'll do this again soon, okay?
1: All right, take care.